Well, I want to start by saying um, this is the pastor's nightmare, building this magnificent sanctuary alongside with you and coming to Sunday morning and it be nearly empty. But I know that you're here with us in spirit and heart, and so I begin with two apologies. First, uh, apologies for waiting so long to let some of you know we were canceled this morning. Uh, as of yesterday, it seemed very reasonable to have this be our last service before we started to make uh, significant change. But after Governor uh, spoke last night, and then our bishop sent us an email and said, anybody with larger congregations, please, please, please cancel. And this morning as we met here, we said, um, we need to protect ourselves from ourselves sometimes. So I apologize for getting that news out to you late. I also apologize to Simon because uh, as when Simon and Kelsey preach, they give me the honor of hearing their sermon a couple of days beforehand. And Friday, as Simon and I were here early on Friday morning, I heard a magnificent sermon that uh, now we have in our pocket. So hopefully it will come out one day. And I thought, given the circumstance that we're in, that we would be at a sanctuary that's predominantly empty with some blessed souls here that as the senior pastor of the church that I needed to speak directly to you the congregation uh, that is now the church online I will tell you this the word of God is rich with comfort there are many verses that I looked at last night and earlier this morning I thought for a moment that maybe we should lean into Philippians 4 which we looked at a few weeks ago that says do not be anxious in anything, but I thought that might be a little bit too coffee cupish right now for what we're up against. And then I looked at Matthew 6, 34, which is my favorite verse to, to, to prescribe to, to moms that are worrying about their kids, where it says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Both of those are great. Both of those are great. And we need to admit as the church of God that we are not anxious. We, we might be worried a little bit about health, but it's important to be the church of God that's not anxious. This is different as we come to this message this morning. So while it may be emotional for us, it's important for me not to do any pandering or put any platitudes out in front of you. From all indications... The coronavirus has its hands on us. And we're going to be in this battle for a long time. And so the prayer that Vicki led us in a few moments ago, I cannot do this alone, is the appropriate prayer as we stand at the edge of a pandemic that probably will be shaping this portion of our lives in the years to come. So, of course, I look to the Psalms. And like all of you, I have those verses that just really roll on my heart that when I hear them I feel a certain way and so as your pastor this morning I share this simple verse Psalm 46 verse 1 God is our refuge and strength a very present help in times of trouble Psalm 46 1 a very God is our refuge and strength a very present help in times of trouble and as you might know in verse 10 that psalm ends with be still and know that I am God. These are important times for us. We, of course, need a refuge. We, we need to feel covered and protected. 
We need to feel like a child that runs into a parent's arms, that once they arrive there, no matter what danger seems to be around them, uh, that, that little Emma that's here today or little Evan that's here today, when, when Paul or Leanne grabs them, they feel certainty that they are in a safe refuge. And we need to feel safe physically and spiritually, which is, of course, one of the reasons I discern today with the help of our team that we needed to not meet in person we've exchanged live touch because we're a touching group we like to shake hands we like to hug we like to be face to face and we've exchanged that for a live stream because we needed to physically protect ourselves and give refuge and we also need to offer spiritual refuge we need to offer strength against the unseen. And this is what God does is he gives us strength that beyond our strength. So, so God's presence is our refuge and strength. And this is God's promise to us. And this morning and every day, we can rest in this. God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble so with God, our refuge and strength, we can, in the midst of whatever, whatever comes, be people of faith. And we can do the work of faith. I'm sure it was some football coach that for the first time said to me, adversity brings opportunity. Adversity brings opportunity. And as disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ, we need to seize the opportunity. I, I want to remind you that have been at Marian Methodist for some time, and I want to invite some of you that haven't been at Marian Methodist for very long to see a little bit of our history. In 2008, 1,300 blocks of Cedar Rapids were underwater in what we now call the Great Cedar Rapids Flood. As we saw in those days in June how devastated our community was, Marion Methodist stopped, literally stopped. We slowed our growth, we slowed our building program, we slowed everything we were going to do so that we might respond to the needs of our sister community. We became the housing uh, coordination group for 4,200 volunteers a week sometimes that were here. We became the home where the interns uh, served and went down into Time Check neighborhood and helped the city rebuild. This is not without precedent. There are times when we have had to say we need to stop really what we're doing right now, trust God's strength and do something and seize the opportunity because that was an opportunity for many of us to get hands-on such as it was with our community. In the same summer of 2008, some of you might not remember, but that was the year we launched Feeding Lunches to Youth. And in the midst of all that, in the midst of this turmoil that was costing our city millions of dollars, we said, we're okay out here in Marion, and we're going to feed 300 children a day, and we're going to continue that even tomorrow. Um, obviously, we take the safe precautions, but tomorrow's spring break in Marion and Linmar schools, and the children will be receiving their fly lunches. And those of you that are scheduled to work will be looking at emails and whatnot as the day goes on. You will receive that work. But we seize opportunities in the kingdom of God. Now, there are very different opportunities to be claimed right now. The coronavirus of 2020 for Christians can be this terrible thing or it can be an opportunity. I think it's important for me to say here, the number one opportunity is to protect your personal health and the health of your family. I remember in seminary, we were deep into seminary by then, and we were becoming, you know, nearly ready to go out and, and uh, start serving churches. And one of our professors, our preaching professor, says this interesting line. He said, 
pastors you need to stay spiritually rich you need to spiritually refuel yourself all the time because if you don't your congregation cannot receive the spiritual food you give to them and he said it's just like a farmer if the farmer gets sick and doesn't feed the cows the cows are in trouble now i'm not equating any of you to cows i just thought of that when i said that But I do want to say that it's a responsibility of all of us to maintain and attend to the health of our own physical bodies and the health of our families. Some of us are going to get sick. This is just simply the mathematical numbers of what's been predicted. And now that we see that it's being community spread, which is the main reason we did not work uh, worship as a family live today, we need to make sure that we're staying as well as we can to follow all the procedures, and you know them, social distancing, washing your hands, all those kind of things. There's plenty of websites for that, you don't, and you've seen it on television. You don't need to hear all that from your pastor, but what you do need to hear is let's put effort into slowing this thing down. It might elongate the curve of how long coronavirus is around this spring here in Marion and the rest of the world but we might be able to slow down its catastrophic events if we follow all of those things that have been prescribed to us. And secondly, it's likely that we will not gather together all together as a church for a period of time that we cannot see the end of right now. That does not stop our discipleship, nor does it stop our opportunity and responsibility to be Christians. There are opportunities that God provides us and provides you to act on his behalf every single day. And I want to share a few of them with you, although I'm certain there are many more. First, Christians are always to be light in the darkness. We're always to be light in the darkness. Now, to me, that means that we need to be positive in the circumstances that we find ourselves with. We, we need to first and foremost pay attention to the young ears that are hearing what we are saying because children always consume what we say. We may think we're saying something that's just between us adults, but they hear us. They hear our panic. They hear our disdain for a public officer. They even hear your disdain when you, if you drove up to church today and say, darn it, Pastor Mike, wouldn't you tell us earlier? But be positive. The Christians are always supposed to be light in the darkness. And be positive in your social situations. We're all struggling with this right now we, we need to find ways that when we have to be at work when we and and can't distance ourselves from others that we're as helpful and useful because this is weighing on everyone's mind this is a difficult thing and again some of us are going to get ill and we need to support our leaders we may not have voted for all of them i'm sure we didn't because we have half and half but we do need to support our leaders because they are building this airport, air, air, airline, as we go. They're building this airplane as we go. Every single one of us, you, me, and every leader we have is a novice at the occasion that we are in. So be positive. Be children, uh, Christians are always to be light in the darkness and be helpful to the endangered. I know, you know, I probably shouldn't online tell this story that I told the security team, safety team earlier today, but I, I saw a text from somebody that says, you know, 
I'm not going to stop shaking hands because of the coronavirus, but I am going to do it because of the toilet paper shortage. <laughs> now, we need to laugh in the middle of this, but we also need to remember that maybe some of those that are less able than us don't have basic necessities, and they are endangered. Toilet paper, I know, is an image, but maybe some of those in your neighborhood, and you can see them, might need a little help. Obviously, take the proper precautions and help. That's what Christians do. Martin Luther, during the midst of the Black Plague, said, a long quote, but the summary is, I get up, I cleanse myself, I purify the water I drink, I go out to serve the Lord I serve with the people that present themselves to me. We need to make sure we're not cavalier about this. I know that some of us have different theories as to why this is a big deal. And even this morning, one of you told me when we said that we were canceling church, well, that's just dumb. But we need to make sure that we're helping those that need help. Secondly, Christians always pray. We always pray in all circumstances, in good and bad. And, and, and there's times now that some of among us will be ill with the coronavirus. Make sure that you're praying for them. Some will be caring for those that are ill with the coronavirus. Pray for them. Some of us are worried about the spread and the long-term effects that it will have on us or others in many different ways upon our, our community, our, our, our environment, and our economy. Pray for those of us that are worried and pray for the witness of the church that even if we can't be together, that our witness is not held back. And so, so I say, Christians, you're always to be a light in the darkness. Christians, you're always to be praying. And this is a great opportunity. Listen to this. Because opportunity comes in the midst of adversity. This is a great opportunity for you to grow your spiritual life. Some of us are going to be a lot closer to home than we normally are and guess what both the bible and the phone that you carry in your pocket are, are there in your home so so maybe this is a great time to to read your bible to really dig into it we don't know if the internet's going to continue on we suppose it will but but there's great things you can get there there's a lot of spiritual movies you can get out there on netflix and and disney and some of those kind of places on on youtube or maybe you'll find a a group of videos on YouTube. For instance, I know some of you that want some basic instructions might be interested in this. There's a beautiful set of videos on YouTube of C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity. It's the words to Mere Christianity being read while someone kind of draws out great argument for uh, Christianity and an apologetics of Christianity. But there's lots of things like that. Maybe with your family, listen to, watch, uh, you know, your favorite praise song. Simon can't sing for you every day, but some of the people that wrote these songs are right there on the internet. Take time to read that book that you got a long time ago, maybe from Margaret when she was here for the women's retreat. Take your time to really grow your spiritual life. So Christians always be a light in the darkness. Christians always pray. Christians grow your spiritual life. And in these moments, I admonish you to take the opportunity of being home a lot to strengthen your family. If you're a family with young children, take time together to talk about your morals and values, about why you think it's important to raise a child as a Christian. Have deep conversations with them. It doesn't matter if they're, they're 3 or 13. We are, as parents, always a child's main teacher. They listen to what we say, and they watch what we do. 
Take the time. And of course, do all those things that, that families do. Take time to play together, to exercise together, to just be together. And if you live alone, then the same thing. Take time, whether it's on the internet or use your telephone and reach out to people. Show them that they care because all of us are struggling with this. But take time to, to strengthen your family and don't be afraid. And I know that some of us are not feeling as equipped as others, but do devotions. A story that happened in my real life about this, which I think is absolutely potent. Years ago, I think it was 1987, I was a pastor in a small church in western Colorado. And there was a fellow in my church that named Bert Fogg. Great name, I thought. Bert Fogg. I went up to, uh, to visit Bert one day. And Bert was uh, just sitting out on his porch. We do that a lot in western Colorado because the weather is always awesome. And Bert was, could see the church from where he lived. And he started talking to me. And he says, uh, you know, because he was nine in 1918 when World War One was playing out. And we were talking a little bit about that. And he says, but you know, the World War was a big deal. But do you know that more people died of the flu than World War I? I'm like, I did not. Educate me. So he told me that that whole year of 1918, they had no school in Cedar Edge, Colorado. And everyone was quarantined to their home. And then he looked at me, and I was just a young pastor in my 20s. And he says, do you know what our pastor, he called him a parson, what the parson did during that time I said no but I want to know he said he would write his sermon out and then he pointed at two very old homes he said he'd take them to the ladies that lived in those homes and they'd type out a copy for everyone in the church now it was a small town so that was probably 50 or 80 copies and then the pastor on Thursday afternoon would get on his horse and he'd had an envelope for my family and an envelope with that sermon for every other family in the church and he'd ride up to my dad's mailbox and he'd put that in the mailbox. And my dad's offering was usually there. Usually it was in another envelope that the church had given us. And it said, uh, Henry, if you can't see it, you don't understand. Because remember back in those days, the offering might have been two chickens or a bucket of milk or something like that. But here's what Bert Fogg said. He says, that was one of the best years of my life. And I'm like, what? He says, for a Christian that was the best years of my life. You've got to understand, Mike. He says, on Sunday mornings when I was a kid, my dad would take me and my sister and mother down to church in the buggy, drop us off, and he'd go to the only place that was open was the cafe in town. And when I was nine years old, I thought, man, in a couple more years when I'm 12, I'll get done with the confirmation. I can go with dad down to the cafe. And he says, but a funny thing happened, pastor. When that pastor started dropping off those sermons, there was a note with him that said, the head of the household must read this aloud at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning to everyone that lives in this home. You must read the scriptures that go along with it aloud to your family. And then the last page was the seven-day scripture for the Bible lessons that each home was supposed to teach. Now, I know they didn't have internet. I know they didn't have cable TV. Probably very few homes even had phones at that time. But what Bert said was, that changed my father's life because he says, I think about 30 sermons in, my dad became a Christian. And I knew right then I was never going to get to that cafe till I became an adult. But what an opportunity to strengthen your family's life. 
spiritually, to strengthen your, your family spiritually, to, to be with them, to listen to these messages or other messages and, and talk with your family about what they mean, to study the scriptures, you know, to look this afternoon and say, what is Psalm 46? What's the rest of us? And while we pray, you know, that this will only come once, we have opportunity to capitalize in the one time that it does come. So don't miss the opportunity to be the light in the darkness as Christians. Don't miss the opportunity to pray for others. Don't miss the opportunity that this presents to grow your spiritual life. And don't miss the opportunity to strengthen your family and be a calming influence. I, I, the partner scripture that goes to me, uh, for me, that goes along with Psalm 46 is this, Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, because I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. God is be calm God is and God will be victorious so let me talk to you about church next here's where we're going to go tomorrow afternoon the leadership staff team will be meeting at Marion Methodist to kind of discern what we will do next in the short term because we can only see as far as we can see we will seek to be in clear communication with you in a variety of different platforms. If you don't receive, and if you didn't receive an email this morning, it likely means, no, it exactly means, that either you forgot to look this morning or that you're not signed up for our email list. Go to marionmethodist.org, uh, click subscribe to get our weekly emails. We're using that more than equal, uh, weekly because I know three have been sent out this week. Also, uh, watch for a printed letter that will come in the United States mail. We assume at this time that they're not in peril and that mail will continue to be delivered, but we hope to give you a picture of what Marian Methodist, at least for the next 12 or 14 days, will look like and what activities uh, will happen. And be assured of this. This is a season in our lives. It is an important season for us to be calm. It's an important season for us to be healthy spiritually and physically. And it's an important season to understand we will be back. This will not last forever. This auditorium and those Sunday school rooms and that center were not built to be empty. So there will be a moment when we gather again. We don't know when that will be, but it will be soon if we stay intact, we stay in touch, and we stay faithful to God and the task and opportunities he's given to us. Now, typically at this point in our service, but I'm not going to ask the baptismal family and the three or four that are gathered here and not those behind me uh, to pass offering plates, but you know, um, it's important to me to say at Marian Methodist, we love to give gifts to God and our gifts do represent us and you know that that chain of being together is going to be broken, but we want to keep the... Uh, the ministry is going that we, that we do. And so, of course, uh, if you have an offering, you can always send it to the church office. It, it's 1298 7th Avenue in Marion, uh, but um, do what you can. And if, if you do, do automatic giving, it'll all already be coming. But I wanted to make sure you knew uh, that those parts are, we're not suspending ministry. We're just suspending 
these types of gatherings. So we'll, we'll tell you more about that. Um, and then this is how our service is going to conclude for today. Uh, in a minute, I'm going to ask Danny Showalter, who is our children's educator, uh, our director of children's discipleship, to come. And she's going to give a, a, a 10 or 12 uh, minute lesson or so to our children uh, from the pulpit here. She's going to give a lesson for our children. And I encourage you uh, to, to stay online, to watch it. And if you're parents uh, or children, go ahead and do as Danny instructs you. And then we'll close this service with Simon uh, leading us uh, in the doxology. Um, you are the beloved of God. Let me pray for you right now. Uh, Lord God, as we stand at a day that none of us have ever faced before, we ask your mercy, grace, and love, your arms of compassion to literally hold us tight. Hold us tight as a congregation and hold us tight as individuals. Help us to literally feel your loving mercies around us. God, we're confused. We are a people that... Uh, have strong opinions about what might be going on. But let us be useful in this time. There is never a time that you don't need a Christian witness. And we only get one generation to live in, Lord. So let our witness be useful. Let it be unyielding. Let it be loving. And let it be for you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.